Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. I am unashamed. What about you? I think the theme of this should be memories. Nothing more than no, because your memories are not good. No, that's right. No, I I, I protest that. I didn't want to embarrass y'all. Brought that up while we had a guest on yesterday. You're the only one that believes your memories, and I guess after you believe them for so long, they become real to you. Because you live in them. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. So (laughs) we have some information problems. So Al has brought in another supporter. All I did was ask people that were from our family that had to be on the podcast mm-hmm. about things you had said before, yep. if they remembered things you said, and they had no ready recollection of any of the facts that you brought out. Now, so the ready recollection, y'all remember that prayer? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I've heard, I just, that's mm-hmm. popped into my mind. And look, I don't know, Maddie remembers all of it, our, our Technician and so producer. now I realize why the uh, the older churches pray for ready recollections because when, if you're at an older church, now that I'm getting older, you forget and, everything. And guess what? Al, you're older than me. I am. I and need some ready. Papa Phil is older than both of us. <laughs> He can't remember. So, he can't remember his his past love of macaroon. I forget more than I retain. Ready recollection has exited the building. <laughs> However, the old coots they they recognize that. No, the, I old, know. the old brothers. Yeah, I think we are old coots. However, we had a guest on. What was that? Two podcasts ago. We do so many podcasts that all runs together. We've had a lot of guests on. And I was challenged about my memory. Uh, when I shared the one of my <laughs> traumatizing events as a kid living on the riverbank with not much going on. And so Willie, I think, was a guest. He was. He what? challenged said incident. Well, why would Willie know the arrangement that my mom and I had at that age. Well, I mean, he's only two years younger than you. I just Doesn't thought he might know about that. We're he... going back 40, 50 years here. <laughs> so that memory happened. That was, it's not he, up for He did debate. remember, he did remember a Miami Dolphin phase, but he, what he said was, I don't, I can't remember. I do remember something about the Miami Dolphins, he said, but I don't remember if that was Jay's or me. That's the way he put it. That's what I'm saying. That That's the dumbest recollection I've heard I can say that because he's my brother and I love him. <laughs> so my mom and I had a conversation. Willie wasn't there. And in a, in a moment of frustration, 
My mom said, there will be no Christmas this year. It, we're not doing it. We don't have, there's no money. Santa Claus is not coming. I was devastated. And then she set the perfect trap. Because when the Miami Dolphin stuff showed up on Christmas morning, I then thought Santa Claus must be real. Until she said there's no Santa Claus. Well, she did say that, but I'm glad she said that because I passed that on to my well, How kids. old were you, 12? I mean, I think it was about time for you to not believe in Santa Claus at 12. That's probably somewhere between 8 and 12. Yeah, well. I mean, we, was, could look up, we could look up the Dan Marino I was I was in, but he played a long time. So was that was in the Marino era? Well, that's what drew me in. So well, anyway, a lot of we, people never never tell their kids that there's a Santa. A lot of people think that's dishonest to tell your kid that. There's I had a, a lot Santa. of interesting feedback, I'm, which is what got Jace in trouble. So yeah. so that carried on. You didn't hear the conversation. I didn't. Huh? So then Jace relayed this to Missy. And that brought up some old wounds because Jace had apparently relayed this same thing to Cole when he was even younger, and that led to a lot of issues with them. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm well, just I, saying then I got in trouble for a laughing lot of about people it, so, say yeah. that. Well, so yeah. if y'all are listening, which I assume you are, <laughs> which what, we hope you're. Listening. Let me give you the backstory on this. What caused this is right before they said rolling. I didn't realize it was April. I mean, so thus well, it's only into Jace a, is only April, and I wasn't aware that we had changed months. That doesn't mean, you know, a whole lot. I don't. I don't look at calendars. <laughs> I mean, Except that it's your wife's birthday month. Well, that's what scared me because then I thought, oh, it's April, and so we have a lot of birthdays this month. Yeah, in fact, when we used to do the show. We would get off a week, always a production, which was always great because we have uh, Willie and Missy share a birthday, and then Dad's birthday is that same week. Which Dad, I know you're excited. And then Sai. And then Sai has a birthday the same. But week. I'm saying at some yeah, point, I was born on the 24th. He was born on the 27th. Sai. Correct. And then 22nd is Missy. Two two years apart. Two right. years. So in the spirit of memories being gone or fuzzy, let's just be positive right it's it's fuzzy there should come a point where we're no longer celebrating another year right well dad's pretty much there you don't really i mean I you remember when you told me that you said you can quit telling me happy birthday i was yeah. like okay it was an awkward conversation <laughs> I mean, there's nothing happy about a birthday <laughs> <laughs> if you don't believe it just wait till you get to be about 75 or 80 well, there is something happy. You at least woke up that day. You know, you're yeah. on. Miss Kay is at the stage. You're on the top soil. Where <laughs> this happens all the time. Every five minutes, it's, of what day is it? <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Tuesday, podcast day. Well, After really? Five, less than five minutes later, she said, she said, what is today? And I said, mm -hmm. same one it was about five minutes ago. <laughs> five minutes later, what day is it? Yeah. <laughs> I said she'll get it. I believe in a minute, but it it is. That's why this theme of uh, Jesus, you know, being the same yesterday, today, and and forever, it actually has more meaning, or it should. The older you get, well, apparently in Mom's Look, case, you get to celebrate it every five to, minutes to make your to make your what you just said identify. 
what this is about, this latest book of mine. Oh, man. Boy. You've been busy, Phil. <laughs> when do you work on the book? Is what, I, what what hours in the day? It, this was this is a year. I know, but I just wondered when when is your when is your you wake up early? Time? Can't tell. Can't hey, tell. It comes and goes. Come with comes and goes. But you know, we said Jesus is I am. I just noticed before we ever got into all that about the I am passages. Look, 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 he, 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 he alone, he is, he is, he is, he is, he is. So for those, he is. For those of you listening, this Phil, is This Phil is, this is the new book, and it's all about Jesus. I was stunned. There is so much written about one person and, and so many accolades. No, that's good. Uh, that's his, a great deduction. Oh, conclusion. It, it is amazing. So but, I but Phil, actually, Phil, I have a book that's coming out. That says, if you Phil, let me tell the Jesus. audience what you're doing because they're not watching. So Phil held up a handwritten. I guess this is the handwritten notes of the book. It's it. It's it. Handwritten notes of the book. This is one year of me just jotting down a thought about who Jesus is. Basically illegible hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the no guy, one could read this. So. I w by the way, uh, uh, somewhere in there, I am made it. I, I just wrote beginning and end of everything and everyone. I mean, you put these things together and you're like, well, I've never heard of an in individual being like that, ever. So I'm, I'm trying to get people hooked on to least investigating Jesus so he's I think a time that's marker. Right. That's yeah. that's one of them. Marker. Time marker. 2024. Yeah, time revolves around him, not That's it. That's yeah. it. The resume. The, the resume. resume of Christ. Yeah. So we're excited about that. That's going to be at, at some point later this year, um, which we're looking forward to. So we have Lisa on the podcast today, which we're excited. It's good to have her in town. She came in town for Easter, which you mentioned on the last podcast that we had a big uh, Easter feast. In our house, which was great fun. That Jason was well was done. I remember that. It was that was memorable. Dad, you I still remember that? We seem to one? remember food. Yeah, as well. Think, at, least, us at least initially. Now, yeah. For the record, I didn't like the forty-minute delay for one dish. So, well, it was worth it. It was very good, but forty minutes is. A wise man once said, the longer it sits there, the worse it gets. Well, a wise woman once said, you need to sit in the living room, and whenever it's time to eat, we'll call you. That's what I did. <laughs> now, that's old school thinking right there. I like that, baby. I actually was forced, after eating, I was forced to go in and just make an announcement. These people now, you know how to cook. I gave him my seal of chef. We got I missed, the dad. I missed that announcement. Yeah, you we missed that. The dad gave us the official Phil Robertson seal of, I now say that my my patronage can cook. Mm -hmm. So that was that was pretty good. He passed that on. I didn't have to go back and say, I remember the time when you didn't know how to cook. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I just, you left that, that out. Left yeah, that I out. Left it out. Good. Positive. Yeah. I just said, this right here, this is Excellent cooking. It was. Oh, it was. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Which was good passing of the torch. So a um, couple of things I want to mention uh, before we go to break, because we got a, a special guest we're adding in it. Not that you're not a special guest, Lisa. Thank but we you, have another you. guest coming on. Uh, I want to mention that uh, our merch, uh, 
we've been talking about because we have our, our cups here, our unashamed cups. I'm wearing one of our shirts today, which says um, God Reliant, not Government Reliant, uh, which we like. That's one of our unashamed shirts. It's good for my book. Yeah, there you go. We'll add that to it, Dan. Uh, so you go to philmerch.com uh, whenever you want to uh, check out some of our unashamed merch that we wear sometimes on the podcast. Also, uh, I've got an event coming up that I want to let you know about, because by the time this podcast airs, it'll just be a couple of days after. It's in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. It's going to be at the Christian Learning Centers uh, at the Greenville Convention Center on Tuesday, April 25th. So you go to clcofgreenville.org if you want to check in to get tickets uh, for that event. So I try to let you know ahead of time because I know, as Jay said, the amazing thing about when we travel now is the one consistent is that there are people everywhere we go now that listen to Unashamed. And so we love it when we can meet you. You know, let us, uh, you tell us uh, what you like about the podcast and stuff like that, which is amazing. So today we're going to take a break, but on the other side of the break, uh, one of our, uh, I guess it's, uh, I, I'm going to say, and I'll explain this uh, when he, once he comes on, but it is our second favorite Aggie uh, is going to be on our podcast, Sean Carney from 40 Days for Life. And so we'll explain what that means when we bring Sean on the podcast. So let's take a break. On the other side, we'll have Sean uh, come on the podcast. So Jace, tell us a little bit about how important it is to have a clean weapon when you're entering the field. Hey. Great marksman never blames his weaponry. And part of that process is keeping it clean, especially in Louisiana where it rains a lot. Yeah. So. As you get out there and you get, you know, you get rain, you get weather, you get all this stuff. I mean, you can definitely have some problems, right? Exactly. And so. Uh, nobody put nobody, nobody puts firearms through the ringer like you guys do. I mean, I I've, think nobody. I've actually used my shotgun on several occasions unfortunately as a boat paddle <laughs> when you've been when the yeah. motor fails <laughs> that's all i had <laughs> so that a good cleaning was done after that process so zach uh some new sponsors which are super excited about the guys at barrel buddy uh you and i got on a phone call with them and talked to them and and uh tell the audience that when we first got on the call with them what's the first thing they did they said, you guys mind if we pray? And, of course, we're like, uh, have you seen Duck Dynasty? <laughs> we don't mind at all. But, I, yeah, these guys are – look, I mean, the product's amazing. I mean, it really is a superior cleaning product when it comes to cleaning guns. But but, but also, these are, these are just great guys who really share a vision for the kingdom like we do. Um, so we wanted to get behind them for multiple reasons. But, yeah, they, they're just down-to-earth – good guys that have kind of built, built, trying to build their dream here with this company. I think, and I think they have something incredible. Yeah. And, and they told us the story, you know, they were out in the field and like all of us, they had, they had toilet paper and everything else. They're trying to clean their weapons in bad weather and, you know, it just didn't work well. And so, you know, most products for this have been patches or ropes and all the different things. And there's just a lot of drawbacks to all those products. They've come up with something that works really well. Um, we love it, uh, and we understand that cleaning our guns is important uh, for any responsible gun owners. We know there's a lot of gun owners out there that love to shoot, love to hunt, that are a part of the unashamed audience. So we want you to check them out. It's a new concept. It's a better way to take care of your firearms. We know you're going to love them. So go to BarrelBuddy.com today. That's B-A-R-R-E-L-B-U-D-D-Y, BarrelBuddy.com today, and check them out.
All right, welcome back. Uh, Sean Carney, welcome to Unashamed. Good to be back. Thanks hey, for having yeah. me. It's good to have you back. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, supporting us. We've been doing your ads now for several podcasts in a row and uh, talking a lot about what you guys are doing at 40 Days for Life. So we, we feel like we've got a great partnership with you guys. So we appreciate you a lot. Well, it's helping, especially, you know, it's almost coming up on a year in June that they overturned Roe v. Wade and uh, 40 Days for Life has just grown so much. Uh, you know, we lose some locations for the best reason, which is an abortion facility closes where we have one of our peaceful vigils. And that happened, but we've actually gained U.S. cities uh, this year. And I think y'all played a role in that for sure. That's awesome. I was curious about where the name came from. We I speculated maybe on the previous podcast. On I think we were... I think we were actually. I think you actually speculated during an ad. Oh, I think we were ta- we were doing an ad, and we were talking about the forty days, and so we speculated that it might be out of the, some of the biblical references to forty days. But maybe you can tell us about that, Sean, because we, we didn't. Yeah, really... it's it's biblical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> not that. some other kind of tr- trendy <laughs> reasons, but uh, really because when we started forty days for life in College Station, Texas, it was kind of desperation because the abortion numbers were going up, our volunteers were going down, we were we were just, we had no momentum. And so we were really desperate and that led us to prayer and that led us to just going all in for 40 days um, as our, our Lord did in the desert and as God continuously uses that time period. And uh, lo and behold, it, it worked. So we saw our local abortion numbers drop by 28% during the first 40 Days for Life campaign. And that was 04, and then we launched it nationally in, in 07. And that's what we talked about was that idea of 40 days of fasting and prayer. And some of the more famous ones, of course, we talked about Jesus. There was another Elijah, Moses. There's some really famous 40-day segments and 40-year uh, segments as well. And, mm-hmm. Jace, you talked about Jesus' 40-day appearance post-resurrection, well, which is That's another. what I was going to bring up. So it, this started from— 40 days of prayer and fasting out of desperation, which is awesome. But then you could, uh, just in your marketing campaign. Oh, here we go. Here's some marketing ideas from Jason. (laughs) The Lord has heard that prayer, and now you're giving many convincing proofs that these, you know, these little ones are alive. I mean, that's what I just, I thought of that verse in Acts 1, where after his, his suffering, you know, this is post-resurrection. He showed himself to these men mm-hmm. and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So, you know, you you heard my story with us taking in uh, a baby at two days old. And because of a ministry that my wife was doing with the mom, and then years later we get a call from... Uh, the authority said, you know, this woman has has signed over her baby to you. And I think my wife said, you know, when God throws you a pass, you catch it. But I spent a lot of time in Matthew 18 talking, you know, thinking and meditating on this uh, comparison that Jesus made to becoming like little children because they're the greatest mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God. But the more I read there, and, and when he made the analogy of, you know, if you have a have hundred sheep and you lose one, but it was in the context of, of not losing one of these little ones. And uh, so 
now that's turned into a sermon, but when I read that in Acts 1, 3 and 4, that's what I was thinking. You know, he, he was resurrected showing that, you know, he has, a, he has a power, but he was also, you know, speaking about the kingdom of God and, and from his lips, it starts with our children. Yeah. And here we are uh, post-resurrection in the Easter season. And that is actually talking about the lost sheep. After a 40 Days for Life campaign ends, which we just had over 600 cities uh, conclude uh, before Holy Week, uh, that's when the abortion workers have a conversion. That's when they kind of reach back out. Because at the start of the campaign, they just, they want us dead. They're like, get out of here. We don't, you know, they think we're there to judge them. And then over time, they really warm up and there's a relationship there. We've helped 247 abortion workers have a conversion and, and leave. And that typically happens now. It happens in the weeks following the conclusion of a 40 Days for Life campaign. So we're definitely there, obviously, for the babies, for the women, uh, but we're also there for for the lost sheep, the, the abortion workers. Which I love that whole encompassing ministry focus. And, and I've always thought about it, that passage, Sean, that talks about, you know, we don't fight with weapons of the mm-hmm. world, but we're fighting with weapons that demolish strongholds, you know, and these are strongholds. And so that's why I love the idea that it really is spiritual warfare. And you guys have latched onto that and the idea. And then when you see some of the successes, you started right there in, you know, College Station. And when you see Abby Johnson and you see some of the people that God has used now to be voices that are so powerful and so strong. I mean, I see all that coming out of that, that spiritual warfare. And yet you're seeing new warriors that are on the front line. And, you know, Lisa and I are obviously in this world. That's why I wanted her to be on the podcast today, because, you know, we we cross paths with Abby and others who are out there, you know, in this stream. And so it's really been amazing for us to continue to see people that get added to the front line of different places. And, you know, it's just, it really is a, it is a spiritual warfare and a spiritual battle. We're in 1500 cities. Okay. In 64 countries. And, the front lines are led by those who who have had an abortion. I mean, 25% of our local leaders are women who have had an abortion. It's one of my favorite statistics. Um, and it just shows, you know, it's not this, it's not a bunch of self-righteous Christians running out and casting people to hell. Uh, it's the opposite. Uh, the pro-life movement is a, is a movement of sinners, all of us. Um, but it's a movement of converts. It's a movement of people who don't have some distant relationship with abortion, but but doctors who have done abortions, women who have had an abortion, men who have coerced or paid for an abortion, um, those are the most powerful voices in the pro-life movement. And, and we see that at 40 Days for Life directly with, with our, our local leaders. So it's, it's a beautiful thing, and it's why, we're, it's why we're winning. I mean, if you have a movement of converts, you have a movement of hope, and it's why we're winning hearts and minds, especially in a, in a post-row world. So I said in the, uh, said before you came on the tease that, uh, you're our, our second favorite Aggie. And, uh, cause yeah, who, who's beating me out. All right. So our, our favorite Aggie has to be <laughs> our, our cousin, Tracy Lee, who is size. Oh, okay. It's family. It's size, family. Okay. Size daughter but, is Tracy Lee. Also known as the eighth wonder of the world. The eighth wonder of the world. She came okay. from side, okay. allegedly. So, so, no, she did. <laughs> so the reason we, the reason we love Tracy so much, she graduated from A&M and she, she, it, Jace is right. We call her the eighth wonder of the world. 
And and we say this in front of size, so it's not like we're talking behind his back. And he laughs every time we tell the story. So the reason we call her that is because so she goes to A&M. She was a 4.0, so she's brilliant. Oh, I didn't have that. <laughs> she's brilliant. I didn't have that. <laughs> she, in fact, she was going to be a doctor originally, uh, but I don't. I forgot what her degree is, but she's very, very smart. Well, she's a teacher now. Yeah, she's a teacher. She's brilliant, and but she's also beautiful. Yeah. And she was a model. She was a model. Yeah. And so I wasn't a model either. I'm, I'm getting killed on this. <laughs> so now why you understand why you're number two. <laughs> she's she's my favorite Aggie. I don't even know her. And so we so wow. you say, well, what what why do you call it the eighth one in the world? Because she's Sai's daughter. Yeah. And she's beautiful and she's brilliant. She's, and you you start okay. wondering how does she's this articulate? She's something, funny. Something yeah. went wrong in something, the gene pool. Something happened. No, well, I think it just shows that God has a sense of humor. I think so too. Well, and either that or because she was born in Germany, yeah. either that or somewhere in the German countryside, there's a there's a there's a woman. <laughs> Don't go down that that looks like Sai. This looks like Sai. Nobody can figure yeah. out why she doesn't fit in. That's that could be the That's other right. alternative option. Yeah, because so, she's blonde haired and blue eyed. She is blonde haired and blue eyed. Yeah, but no, when you see her okay. pictures growing up, she looks enough like the Robertsons. Oh yeah, she has the same smile as Sai. But we 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 do have a good time with that. And Sai and Sai laughs every time we tell that story because he agrees. You got to have a good time with that. That's you got to have a good time with that. Which is good. There's no need for for a blood test. That she's. <laughs> She's, she oh, looked no. like y'all when she was a kid. That that counts. Well, we always tell her she's weird enough that she fits in the Robertson, right. so that, that works out, yeah. too. Yeah. So I wanted to talk. Uh, we got several things I want to talk about today, Sean, but <clears throat> one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, because currently there's a huge controversy about the abortion pill. And, you know, yeah. it, it was already, like, a lot going on with it. But like currently, there's a lot going on because there's been a ruling first in Texas, and I think now there was a counter ruling, and so there's a lot of questions going on about it. But just tell the audience a little bit about it. Lisa and I sort of, you know, started to learn about it. When we were in Iowa, I think last year. We didn't realize how prevalent it was. But right. but tell the audience just a little bit about how easy it is uh, for people to get it. Kind of what's going on with it because a lot of people have no idea. They're still assuming the, the only way to get an abortion is go to an abortion clinic and have a procedure done. So tell us a little bit about the pill and kind of what's going on with this current climate. So, Jace, uh, do you know how healthy your liver is? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's doing pretty good. I never liked liver as a kid. Because that's all we could afford to eat, is what my mom said. You know, when you but, ate liver, it always smelled so good when it was frying, but then you ate it. Mm. Yeah, but in a nice pivot, the well-being of my liver is something that I would like to be, you know, on the up and up. Well, liver is very important. So I didn't really know until Liver Health Formula became one of our sponsors, Jace, that the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver were 3.5 times more likely to have heart failure than those without. Hmm. So not good for the heart. Uh, and about 100 million Americans have fatty liver. Tell us how to have lean liver. That's fat. about a third of us. And my liver enzymes were up on my last check. I'm not really shocked because I've discovered that a fatty liver, Zach, must go with a fatty everything else when it comes to me. 
Now you had fat. You, your liver enzymes were up a little bit as well. I understand. Is that true? They were, but I, but I, I could have been sick. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if mine was a result of. Uh, <laughs> I like the fat. way you're saying you're not fat like me, but that's okay. Tell yeah. us how to have lean livers, Al. So we're gonna. So Zach and I are trying this product. I've I started taking it uh, this past uh, two weeks, and so I'm excited to go back and check my numbers. Because I'm sure that this product is going to help get my liver enzymes down. And hopefully, I'm going to lose a few pounds as well on top of that. So we're going to try to get this fat-burning metabolism going, boost my energy, transform how I look and feel. I'm trying right now this liver health formula. I've received my free bottle. I'm taking a blood sugar formula as well. That's going to reduce my sugar cravings. So I've ordered this. I encourage you to do the same. 100 million Americans. So I'm sure there's a few in our audience that have the same struggles as me. Try liver health formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. Get your free bonus gift today. That's getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. Okay, so what it's not is plan B, the, the morning after pill or emergency contraception. That's not what we're talking about. This is a, a chemical abortion or also called a medical abortion. It's real simple. It's a series of two pills. The first pill poisons and kills the baby. The second pill causes the woman to, uh, it induces contractions and she passes the baby. She can pass the baby in her apartment uh, at the prom, at a movie theater, we've heard all sorts of stories. These make up half the abortions, okay, in our country. So the way we got this was not voting or anything else. It was approved by the FDA in 2000. Uh, a number of women died. Uh, one wonderful woman, Holly Patterson, who had an abortion. Her parents didn't know. Her dad is a saint. He started leading the crusade of how shameful it is that the FDA approved these dangerous abortion drugs. He, of course, was ignored. And, you know, we've had these now for, for 23 years in our country. What that judge in Texas did, God bless him, is basically go back and, uh, and stop these from being distributed because he cited that the FDA did not follow their proper guidelines of approving a drug for this in 2000. And he also said that they ignored all negative data and research on the uh, side effects. One in four women go to the ER, by the way. The largest study we have on chemical abortions, it's over 17 years. It's half a million women. One in four went to the ER. So what the FDA did in January was tell Walgreens and CVS, yeah, y'all can distribute these. They gave no guidelines. Wow. They didn't acknowledge that it's illegal in 20 states. They ignored all of that. Um, and so we sent a letter to Congress asking that they investigate the FDA and then 20 attorney generals around the country from different states uh, immediately said they sent similar letters and Walgreens actually bailed in those 20 states immediately. So there's all this back and forth that can kind of get confusing. But what people need to know is that uh, these chemical abortions can kill a baby up to 10 weeks. Almost all of them stop the heartbeat uh, of a baby because of when they're taken. Um, and 
it's a brutal, it's not, some people want to think that the abortion industry wants us to think this is like your college buddies who go out and drink too much and get up and take an Advil the next day and just, oh, it's no big deal. That's not what this is. This is a brutal process. Uh, if you saw Unplanned the movie, you saw that. Um, but the woman, we, we've heard the testimonials. They all say, oh my word, it's a baby. I mean, they see the baby pass. So the psychological, much less spiritual ramifications are, are through the roof. And I think another thing too, Sean, is from what I've been reading is that now it is so available that a girl may not even know how far along she really is. Right. Whenever she takes right. and these. There's also no regulation. Like, <clears throat> can I go and buy these and, and sell it on the street? Um, can I go to Sacramento and the Walgreens and buy them and pick them up at my Walgreens in Texas where chemical abortion is illegal. The FDA gave no guidelines on that. They completely ignored the Supreme Court giving the states the right to regulate abortion. And so it's really, sadly, it's just how another way that our government and many in the media have just made abortion their sacrament um, since last June. Um, it's a complete overreach. We see it with the DOJ. We see it with with the FDA. We see it with the Pentagon now paying for military travel uh, for abortions. Um, and so, you know, long term, I think they're all going to be on the wrong side of history. But for now, there's all this back and forth. Yeah. But what's good about what the judge in Texas did is it will end up going back to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So we have a chance at actually making all chemical abortions and getting them all banned. Yeah. Um, because of uh, this this new lawsuit. And that's what it seems like to me. It's kind of like this thing is a whack-a-mole sort of a way yeah. that this is going to happen because these, uh, I call them Trojan horses, they just keep popping up. And so you're just going to have to keep dealing with this. This is what's going to happen. And they keep looking yeah. for it. And that was another thing I was going to ask you about because even states like ours, so Louisiana, you know, came out with a, with a strong, you know, anti-abortion state. But then, you know, then we come back the next year and we're like, well, you know, now we're going to start talking about exception bills. And here we go. You know, and I feel like, you know, it, I feel like some of this stuff is Trojan horse oriented because it's like once you start opening back into the exception arena, it really just becomes a way to start having access to abortion again. And and again, we can all debate about exception, but I, I, you know, my conversations I've had with some lawmakers, I just get the feeling that they're trying to open the door back to abortion. Because then, when you even with rape and incest, which is supposedly the only thing they're talking about in Louisiana, but what does that even mean? I mean, I know what the words mm -hmm. mean, but what does it mean in practicality? You get a young woman say, "Well, it wasn't consensual." And say, oh, okay. Well, you know, this woman says it wasn't consensual, so this opens the door for abortion again. So, I'm just uh, I'm fearful. Like everything else, the minute we say, okay, we can do this, then we're going to start doing it full board. I mean, it just, I feel like that's the way it is. I mean, am I wrong in that? Or is that kind of typically the way it tends to work with this topic? No, it's, it's how we got here. I mean, that's how they sold it in 1973, um, is that, you know, no, this is just for rape victims or this is just for this. And then we ended up with 1.2 million abortions a year um, at, right. at the height. And so um, it is because it's, was it consensual or you can have health of the mother, which health can be 
Are you nervous about having a baby? Which I think everybody on earth is. We've, we've had eight babies and all of them, you know, you're a little nervous. Um, so that's how they get in the door. It is the Trojan horse, but places like Louisiana, um, and Texas, and they're just, they're just going to start to see their abortion facilities close because it's still market driven. Um, and you, you don't need to do abortions. You need to do a lot of abortions to keep an abortion facility. Uh, open. We ended up closing one of the facilities in Baton Rouge a few years ago. We closed one in Shreveport. We closed one in Bossier City. Um, and now post row with Louisiana, just their current laws, um, you'll be abortion free, essentially, right. like Texas and Missouri and Tennessee. So, um, but that is how they will try to reintroduce it, or they'll try to bring in chemical abortions. And that's exactly what's What's happening? By the way, the whole lawsuit with the the chemical abortions that judge we were talking about that was brought on by doctors. It was brought on by physicians. They're the ones who sued and said this goes against the Hippocratic oath. We say do no harm, and that's how they won. Um, saying oh, wow. that the FDA is just ignoring the Hippocratic oath. <clears throat> so, really smart tactic. But um, there's a lot of good news out there. But there's a lot the 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 abortion advocates have lost their mind. Um, on so many fronts. We were not talking about infanticide a few years ago. We were not talking about denying health care to a baby who survives an abortion. And and now those are just standard positions uh, for the abortion industry. And, and they wouldn't have gone near that a few years ago. And um, so, you know, we're just going to keep going, keep growing, keep praying. And uh, but we're going to see a lot of abortion facilities in our country close over the next 12 months, which is a good thing. But you're right. It has to sort of harden the battle lines for the other side. And they're certainly much more vocal than they've ever been. So we just had Sean on the podcast uh, from 40 Days for Life and um, to tell us a little bit more about what these guys are doing, having a huge impact uh, around the world uh, with their ministry Um you know, just kind of on the front lines of this uh, fight for life. Uh, learned a lot about the abortion pill and just sort of all the new ways that you know Satan has invented um, to uh, to take life, and it's uh, it's terrible. And so we want to be involved in the fight as well. They have a million volunteers, fifteen hundred cities. They're the largest pro life organization that's out there, uh, and they have these forty day. Uh, peaceful vigils, and they just had one of these 40-day runs that just ended. And um, so he told us that they'd saved over 23,000 babies. They've helped convert uh, 247 abortion workers, uh, which is incredible. And so uh, we really love these guys and what they're doing, want to support them, be a part of uh, of what they're doing. So we want you to check out their locations, uh, their podcast. They have a free magazine that you can get at their website, 40daysforlife.com. Stay updated on what they're doing. Uh, find out how you can be involved. Check them out, uh, 40daysforlife.com. That's 40daysforlife.com. So uh, one of the things, Bay, I want you to talk a little bit about, because obviously you're only one of us out of the group speaking today um, that has experienced this. And we that's one, one of the things we talk about a lot when we go on the road. But a lot of this is about women's health, and so some of what Sean's been talking about is how unhealthy 
uh, abortion is for women. And you talk about that when we speak on the road. And so I don't know that we've specifically, you've spoken about that on the podcast, but I mean, you, you experienced a lot of health problems yeah. as a result, especially in, in relationship to having children. So speak a little bit to that, just the procedure itself and how damaging it was for you, not in both mentally and physically. Right. Just speak a little bit to that. Cause I, I think it's important for people to know from someone who's experienced it, yeah. what you've had to live with. Well, I, I would say probably, um, as far as health goes and Sean is right with that, you know, when you say the health of the mother, I mean, it should be the life of the mother. You know, if you're going to pass something, it should be the life of the mother. But the mother should be able to choose. I mean, we know somebody who chose their child over their own life. She gave her life. She literally. gave her life for her child because she would not have an abortion, you know. But just for I'll just speak just from me. Um, Health wise, I had three pregnancies after I had my abortion. My first pregnancy, our daughter. Um, Anna was a 29 and a half week baby mm. and um, she weighed a pound and 15 ounces. She was 12 inches long. I mean, you gotta, you gotta look at, you gotta look at what happens afterwards. So my, so our second, who is Alex, who is here in the studio with us, um, Alex almost came four months early. Um, we were able to carry her to term and I lost the third baby. Um, there was something, Sean, I believe, that they did to me that day um, in that procedure that caused my body to not be able to carry those babies to term. Um, mm. There was, There's no, no history of anything in my family of people having premature babies, you know? And um, so I believe that that is, you know, what happened to me. But then not only that, um, there, there is research now that shows, um, that women who have abortions are more susceptible to have breast cancer because whenever you become pregnant, um, your body starts producing milk glands for you to feed a baby and for you to just cut that off. Where are those cells going to? So then the cells, you know, attack the body. Um, mental health. You know, we were looking at the magazine that came. Um, I think it might have been last month's magazine. Um, and one of the protesters had on there, I still regret my abortion. Um, and yeah. that was your that was your magazine, Sean. And um, she's a leader. She's a leader. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful lady. And so. Just the mental health of it, um, I really believe that it affects your relationship with with people, like with your husband, with your family, um, with your children, you know, um, because there is a mental block there because you have taken a life. you, And not only one life, this is, Sean, this is something that I've never heard a lot of people talk about, but whenever you have an abortion, you're not taking just one life. You are taking a generation of lives. So what I did was I took the the life of my child, but I also took the future of my grandchildren 
my great-grandchildren. I mean, so it's not just um, one life, and, and we've got to think about that. Um, so the mental part of that, um, it takes years, years to get over, and, and I had to do it through my relationship with Christ. I don't know how people mm-hmm. do it who do not have a close relationship with Christ. I don't know how they would ever, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know how they would ever recover from I, something I like either. that. You know, I, I just, um, <clears throat> I believe that Christ is the one that set me free. Um, and of course, you know, the the pregnancy resource centers out there and some others, you know, give classes um, post-abortive classes just for this, just for these women who need this healing in their life. But um, but it affects you mentally, and and it affects your self-esteem. Um, it, it affects every part of you. And, of course, it also, you know, how your body can, can um, fight against itself. I believe that's part of the mental illness that that some of these women are now fighting is because of the guilt and the shame and the regret of what they did. I mean, and some people, it's not just one. Some people, it is several abortions that they've had. I mean, I and, you know, just different books that I've read, um, you know, about women realizing that was a life. I mean, and I, I took a life of my child. You know, the one girl that Abby talks about, she looks back and and I can't remember the exact number, but she was having another abortion. She asked to see what they were actually taking out of her. They showed it to her and she went berserk. It was like nine or 10. <laughs> yeah, because she said, yeah. these were my babies. You told me this was a glob of tissue. These were actual babies. I mean, so you you got to think about her mental psyche. So what's that like now? You know, um, of course, if you have a relationship with Christ, he can redeem you and, and he can help you with that shame and that guilt. Um, and, you know, the post-abortive classes are very good to help you with that because they all center around Christ. But, I mean... People just people will not take into account that it's it's not just you're not just getting rid of a problem, so to speak, is what they what they call it. So you're not just doing that. You're putting your life at risk. Um, I was reading a story the other day about these girls now who Sean who are getting those pills. They have no idea how far along they are. They take the pills and then something happens because they could be a lot farther than 10 weeks and and oh, they're yeah. having to be be rushed to the emergency room i mean it's they're just not they it's not smart and whenever we were talking about this this morning i started looking up verses in isaiah 5:20 woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. If that does not describe the pro-abortion side, I, I don't know what does. Because 
that's what they're they're seeking evil. Because to kill a child is evil. Look, to kill any child is evil. Um, whether it's um, you know, in the womb or outside the womb. But um it's I mean it's it's tough. The the mental part is tough. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So, Sean, speak to that, kind of what Lisa addressed, um, just from her perspective of of um, her experience and, and kind of what you see and in dealing with this all the time. It, it's it's very, very typical. And I know a lot of women are grateful for Lisa uh, because they don't they don't have the words or they're not able to articulate it as well as she is. Um, it's also obviously something hard to share. And Lisa is one of the best at, at sharing it and sharing it frankly. Uh, but it's typical. And it shows abortion. It's not built on women's rights or liberty or freedom. It's It's all built on pain. Uh, no woman grows up mm. wanting an abortion. Um, they don't get out of their car and stomp their foot and say, I'm free and storm in and have an abortion. They're, they're very broken. Um, that's one of the reasons we're there before, during, and after their abortion or before, during, and after they choose life. But that, our body language it's one of the tremendous things about participating in 40 Days for Life is you're the first person a woman sees after an abortion, uh, minutes after. And your body language, what you say, what you don't say, has a tremendous and profound impact on them. And, and they often come back and thank us. Thank you, thank you for not judging me. Thank you for offering hope and healing. Thank you for telling me that this wasn't the end because I believed that day that it was. Um, and that, that's, that's such a beautiful side of, of our ministry and what we do at 40 Days for Life. But abortion's built on pain. It's built on pain and, and regret. Uh, half of all the abortions in our country are repeat abortions. Um, and so it's very important that we be there, that we, that we offer hope and healing after an abortion. Um, and, and that women know that, it, that it's not the end. There is forgiveness in Christ. There is hope. And uh, the devil just attacks him right after the abortion. He's tempter, and then he's accuser. And right afterwards, you can see that they just, they're so distraught. Um, there's no relief. And that's really what there should be, uh, technically on paper. There's relief. But that's what they promise, but it's a lie, as Lisa said. And there's no relief in the parking lots of abortion facilities, that's for sure. So it's one of the beautiful things I love about uh, what the pro-life movement does is help post-abortive women. Um, and also, there's just zero help on the other side. I mean, once you have the abortion, they're, they're done with you. And, and that's what's so dangerous about these pills. That's what's so dangerous about... Um, just deregulating this this abortion industry and creating just the wild west of abortion it's it's so reckless and dangerous um but it's why we it's why we fight and get up and go to work every day yeah and i think it's it's exposed you know the lie for what it is <clears throat> and i think I, i've said before in front of audiences that 
I think it's one of the reasons why um, that we've that we've experienced a lot of victory, not just in the movement, but a, a lot of victory in, in Christ is because it really is about love versus not love. And and you're right, Sean. I mean, I think it's shown up a lot of the evil one's presence here because th- there's been a lot of boldness in the other side. I mean, they've talked about the economics. I mean, many famous people from the other side of yeah. this have just been very bold about saying, this is just about money. I mean, this is just about women in the workplace and, you know, you don't, you know, these children are a burden, so just get rid of them. And I've been stunned at some of the logical arguments for abbition now. The environment that, you never that, that would have came heard. up. Bernie Sanders yeah. said it will help the yeah. environment if we do more abortions. And you're, yeah. you're sitting there going, hey, uh, you're kidding, right? Like, <laughs> are you are you serious? You know, uh, that 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 part has come out. Um, and look, we're in a man's world when it comes to abortion. I mean, it, it is it is. Uh, most abortion facilities are owned by men. Most abortion doctors are men. No one benefits really, except for bad men. They're the only winners in abortion. I mean, they don't they don't have to lay on the table. Um, uh, nobody benefits more than an irresponsible bad man in abortion, and uh, we just see that, and we see the lie. You see it with the transgender movement, you know, which benefits men. Now we're winning women's sports. We're winning all their Women of the Year awards. Um, and somehow we, 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 we say we're doing all this striving for equality. And it's, it's a total joke. Um, but I will say that in the pro-life arena, it is one of those cultural fronts uh, that, that we're winning, that we're winning. There's no reason, you know, we have abortion-free states. We'll have abortion-free regions. I think the rhetoric and how loud and how insane it's gotten on the other side um, is just further proof um, that they were ill-equipped for the overturning of Roe because now it goes back to hearts and minds. And that's what we've been working on for many people longer than I've been alive for 50 years since we've had legalized abortion is hearts and minds. And that's the strength of the pro-life movement, the pregnancy centers, uh, things like 40 Days for Life, things that are built from the ground up and built to last. And we have that. And the abortion industry doesn't. And um, it's something that we need to be grateful for and know that this is a winnable battle. Yeah, I think for a long time, it was just a matter of, of smoke and mirrors and changing terminology. And But, you know, lately, think about the last probably what, even less than a decade, they continued to change terminology so much it became a joke. You know, it went from women's yeah. health to reproductive justice to now stuff is comical and to the point of where you just yeah. like, well, what does that even mean? And so you're right. You lose the argument after a while because it doesn't even make sense anymore. And so I think now it's just exposed it for what it is. It's just and you're right. I've never heard anybody put it that way. Bad men mm-hmm. are really Benefit. the ones that have mm-hmm. taken or have been yeah. the greatest beneficiaries. That's that's fantastic. Cause, and that's true. Uh, and, yeah. and, and yet so many women defend it. I mean, you know, women of power. I'm oh yeah. About. That's the best part. If you're the bad man, I mean, you, you don't even have to advocate for yourself. They'll do it for you. Um, it's, it's really, um, it's kind of a scam. And, and I think we're waking up to that. And there's also so many resources now, uh, for women and we didn't have that. We're just at such a good place right now. Um, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, we see the, 
sort of the targeting of the DOJ among pro-life Americans and Christians and Catholics. And, you know, we're going to see our government overreach kind of increase. I know we, we've spent more money on lawyers this year than any other year, just defending free speech and the right to assemble. We're suing New York right now uh, because they're just trying to ban 40 days for life um, from, from being out in public. <laughs> and so you just can't do that. So, you know, we're having to get in the, the, the serious, but also comical lawsuits, uh, to, to defend free speech. And I just think that's look, reconstruction in our country was messy. There are a lot of people that wanted to go back to slavery saying this is a disaster. And we just have a lot of people right now that are, that are sprinting, uh, to be on the wrong side of history. So I do think it'll get worse before it gets better. So we're out of time, but I want to I want to explore that a little bit more and have your story as mm-hmm. well in the overtime. Sean, if you'll hang with us, uh, we have a little overtime segment because I want to explore a little more about that free speech. You and I texted yesterday, and uh, the free speech issue is a big part of this because they're attempting to take that away. And so I want to explore that a little bit in overtime, if you don't mind staying over with us. If you want to follow us over to hear a little bit more from Sean about that, uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed. Sean, it's always a pleasure having you on Unashamed, and we appreciate it. So if you want to follow us over, hear a little bit more on Unashamed, check it out. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.